Good. I'm Pastor Jessica. Glad to be with you this morning. How many of you got out yesterday and enjoyed some of the spring weather? Yeah, took a bike ride, a walk, maybe just did some yard work. Um, how many of you guys have a smartwatch? You can raise your hand. Smartwatch, smartphone. Okay, what do you like about having a smartwatch? What, what are some reasons that you have one? Non-rhetorical question. Actually, answer me. Why, why do you have a smartwatch? Why do people like them? Count their steps. Count their steps? Yeah, what else? What did you say? Covert texting, yes, you get those text messages come through. Yes, you can track so many different things. Someone in the first service said, to tell time. And I was like, you're blowing my mind right now. You use your watch to tell time. What in the world? Uh, well, smartfo- smartphone, uh, smartphones and watches are so helpful because they help us to be aware of what we are doing or what we aren't doing. It's good to be able to measure progress, right? I mean, to see how many steps you've taken or if your sleep, your blood pressure is where it should be. It feels really good to say, I did that. I accomplished that. Which is what makes engaging in spiritual disciplines so challenging. Do you guys ever get frustrated by that? I mean, I know I do. I like things that are quantifiable. The spiritual discipline of prayer, which is what we're talking about today, is so easy, yet so challenging, because it requires us to show up and surrender. Prayer is an act of faith-filled dependence that says, I can't, but God can. Let's all just say it together. Ready? I can't, but God can. There are areas in your life this morning that you might believe, I can never overcome this addiction. I'm never going to have a healthy relationship with my son. There's no way I'm going to be able to pay for rent this month. I'm just going to be alone because I'm unlovable. As Nate said last week, spiritual disciplines create habits and patterns that help us to follow Jesus in community. There are things that we do, that we have control over, that help us to have a posture of openness to how God wants to speak and move in our lives. Prayer isn't simply something that God gave us to vent and just feel better. It's more than something that's like a self-care tool. It's not one of many options just to make yourself feel better. I mean, if it were, I would just crawl in my bed when I'm sad or angry and pray to my cat. That's, I mean, if that's all prayer is, like, why not pray to a cat? When I was first starting out in campus ministry, I wanted to be a prayer warrior. How many of you guys know that term, prayer warrior? Yeah, okay. Well, I asked my husband, Dave, who's sitting up here, I said, Dave, what do you picture when I say prayer warrior? Or what, like, images come to mind when I say prayer warrior? And he said, this insert from a Petra cassette Yes, I did just say cassette tape that he found at the thrift store recently. How many of you guys listened to Petra back in the day? They're like a Christian rock band. If you're a child of the 80s, you're like, yes, Petra. So, you know, prayer warrior might conjure up an image of like a beefy dude in cargo pants, like, Lord, move in power. It is not that. Um, A prayer warrior is someone who just cries out to God on behalf of others, someone who just prays. (laughs) 
I just thought, man, this, was, this would be so cool. I want to be one of those people. I want to see God answer prayers, and I want him to help me demonstrate his love to others. So I did what any good nerd would do. I bought a ton of books on prayer. I was reading Ruth Haley Barton and O. Hallisby and Richard Foster and Watchman Nee. And I learned about different ways to pray and different prayer movements. And I was super inspired. And I was informed, but I just started to get frustrated. I didn't feel like I was connecting with God. And finally, when I was journaling out my prayers, I just said, God, I'm learning all I can to be a prayer warrior. Why isn't this working? And the Holy Spirit just said, hey, dummy, just pray. (laughs) Just pray. That's all you have to do. You know, it would be like if we looked at a set of weights and we read about how many reps are good for beginning strength training or we research what type of hand weights or how how much weight we should do or if there's pros and cons between body weight workouts or hand weights and, you know, maybe... I should get some tape or gloves for my hands so I don't get blisters when I lift weights. Do you see where I'm going with this, guys? Where has the weight been sitting this entire time? Right here. Or on your floor to trip over like it has for me for a long time. (laughs) It's sitting there, not being used. We are in the season of Lent currently. It's the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter where we reflect on our humanity and our need for Jesus. How many of you guys joined us last week for the Ash Wednesday service or participated in the the week of prayer? I am so glad that you guys joined us for that. We put up a prayer wall. You can look at it in the back to remember that we're a community who prays. We suffer together. We rejoice together. We believe that God will move in our community. And later today, with the leaf on your chair, you're going to have a chance to add your leaf to that prayer wall with your own prayer. In this room and online with our friends, we're all at different places spiritually. Regardless of where you're at, the Bible shows us how we can show up to be with God, no matter who we are and what our spiritual lives are like. If you're wondering if God's even real, or if you've heard answers to prayer for decades. The disciples once asked Jesus, Lord, how should we pray? And his answer is what is typically called the Lord's Prayer. How many of you guys have prayed that growing up? Maybe you kind of pray it in community. All right. Well, the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The Lord's Prayer is in two places in the Gospels. There's four places, and the Lord's Prayer appears in both Matthew and in Luke. In Matthew, the Lord's Prayer is part of Jesus' first teachings right after he was baptized by John and spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by Satan to reject God's ways and to live independently. Jesus started to gather a group of disciples, and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God, how to relate to God and to each other in this world. They're starting to understand, huh, this kingdom Jesus is teaching us about 
is very different than what we know about kingdom. So if you had to liken the Lord's Prayer to a type of workout, it would be a HIT workout. How many of you guys know what a HIT workout is? High intensity interval training. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of workout that's really fast and, you know, compact where your thighs are burning from doing squats and you can't walk for a week afterwards, which is why I don't do them. I enjoy walking. Um, this, Lord, the Lord's Prayer is a model of how to pray that encompasses many other parts of how God teaches us to live throughout Scripture. Jesus gives us the components of what he sees as important in our relationship with him and others. So I want you to zoom out with me and look at these components of how God invites us to pray. The Lord's Prayer is a relational prayer. Do you notice it says, Our Father, give us, forgive us, lead us. We're meant to be a community who follows Jesus and lives out his teachings. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9 says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, so not by works, so that no one can boast. For we, you, Hillcrest, are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We need God to lead us as a community. The Lord's Prayer is a transcendent prayer. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Today, do you need a perspective change on who God is? Holy means set apart. God isn't like our earthly fathers. Some of us didn't have fathers who were present growing up, or we had fathers who were abusive or completely checked out. Even if we had a good father, each of us have been hurt as kids because sin affects all of our relationships. God is powerful. He's set apart, a source of endless love, compassion, and justice. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. When we acknowledge, hallowed or holy is your name, we start to remember who God is. Throughout scripture, people worship God by identifying different parts of his character. In Genesis 16:13, after Hagar was rejected and kicked out by Abraham and Sarah, essentially to die in the desert with her son, she encounters God there, and he reminds her, you are loved I will provide for you. I will lead you. And she says, you are a God who sees me. Just like I would say wonderful things about someone I love, Dave, you are a creative and resourceful husband. I love you even when you bring home Petra cassette tapes into our home. 
Or I'd say to my friend Michelle, Michelle, I am so grateful you're a kind and empathetic friend who listens to me when I'm struggling. When we pray, we do the same thing with God. God, you are blank. I want to ask you today, what, what would you say? How would you fill in that blank? What would, what would you say about God? God, you are, what would you say? Loving. Loving. Faithful. Faithful. Amazing. Amazing. With us. Perfect. Perfect. Y'all can just preach my sermon for the rest of the time because we could go on and on and describe who God is. The Lord's Prayer is an eternal prayer. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The choices that we make every single day echo into eternity. Jesus tells us to pray that the reality of his kingdom would be true in our lives. So what are the elements of his kingdom? Love, justice, mercy, forgiveness, peace, beauty. When we pray for war to cease in Ukraine, for women to be set free from human trafficking, for racist systems to be dismantled in our communities, we are asking God to intervene so that heaven would come to earth in and through us. When we pray, I can't, but God can, we see miracles happen. Sometimes the miracle is the thing that we're praying for, and sometimes the miracle is that our heart is changed. My friend Connie in Ohio leads an experience called the Abolitionist Plunge, which helps college students learn about anti-human trafficking efforts in their own communities, like Columbus, Ohio, and Kansas City, and Detroit, Michigan. One of the things that they do is they go to hotels and pass out labeled bars of soap with an anti-human trafficking hotline on them so that women who are brought to these hotels would have a number to call to be rescued. They also bring along pictures of people who are, who are missing, and they show them to the hotel clerks. So that day, they prayed, God, use our small efforts of passing out bars of soap to help set women free. Well, one of the teams went to a hotel that wasn't on their list, and they showed the front desk woman a poster of missing kids. And the woman said, that, that girl, that girl is here right now. I just saw her. I felt really weird about the guy who brought her in, but I, I didn't know what to do. So they called the hotline, and in God's amazing sovereignty, the FBI task force detective who handled the case was already in town to talk to students on the abolitionist plunge. The next day, the agent came to talk with them, and he couldn't share details about the case, but he had a huge grin on his face and commended the students for what they did. He gave them a hypothetical scenario of how they might handle a case like that. And later that day, they looked on the missing person's website, and that girl was no longer listed as missing. They prayed a small prayer. God used bars of soap to help set women free. And they prayed a big prayer. God, you say you can set prisoners free. Move in power to rescue this girl and many others like her. We can't, but you can. The Lord's Prayer is a practical prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Give us the food we need. 
God cares about our daily needs. You know, there's a reason we celebrate communion with bread and wine. We need to remember our bodies are important. We need sustenance and nourishment. We need God to provide for our needs. I've been in a place where we needed God to cover our bills for basic life necessities. It's a really humbling and scary place to be. Yet God has always showed up in the form of friends inviting us for dinner, unexpected money in our PayPal account, or reimbursements we had no idea were coming. Maybe you aren't struggling today with finances or God providing for your needs, but you still need to pray this too. Daily bread. Today, not tomorrow. Shortly after Jesus instructs his disciples to pray this way, he tells them, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Is your heart and mind consumed with how your investments are doing? The next fun thing to purchase or the deal you can broker or vacation you can book? Are you typically looking at your phone, scrolling for the next thing you want to buy? Are you all at home, online, watching this, scrolling? The Nikes can wait, guys. Just, just wait till after the service. Today, how can you be content today with what you have? How do you need to ask Jesus to change your heart and express gratitude for and generosity with what you have instead of clinging to it or worrying about it? We can't make ourselves content, but God can. I'm thankful that Hillcrest is a place where people are generous and answer prayers through their giving that people pray. And I'm thankful it's a place where people can ask for help for their needs through the Benevolence Fund and that we can give to local food banks and nonprofits to be answers to prayers people are praying. The Lord's Prayer is an internal prayer. Forgive us our sins. Let me just say, sin is a really misconstrued word. What the Bible defines sin as is a soul sickness that pervades every area of our lives, our relationships in this world. And the only cure for this sickness is the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Because of God's love for us, Jesus took on all of our sins and brokenness onto himself when he died on the cross. He knew that nothing, nothing we could do would ever heal this sickness. And it would cause death. Death of hope, death of relationships, death of systems and structures, everything. God raised Jesus back to life to demonstrate his power and authority over sin and death. We can't fix or heal ourselves, but God can. Isaiah 25, 8 says, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and he will remove the people's disgrace from all the earth. Paul, quoting this verse in 1 Corinthians 15, says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
You can say amen to that. You can, you can talk back a little this morning. Today, you can choose for Jesus to heal your heart, to repent and turn away from your own way of doing things, and to ask for forgiveness for the first time, or to recommit and invite Jesus to lead your life. When we choose to do that, Jesus changes our hearts, and he makes us into new creations. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, to live in our lives and lead us every single day. You can pray for that to happen today with me or with prayer servants afterwards. You can pray that when you're doing yard work later today. We would love to pray with you for that to happen. As Jesus followers, we still need to ask for forgiveness from our sins. In Matthew 15, some Pharisees asked, Hey, Jesus! Why don't your disciples wash their hands before eating? They were concerned that the disciples weren't following religious traditions and that Jesus wasn't enforcing these traditions. Well, Jesus, in his Jesus-y way, tells them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? The things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These things are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands, that doesn't defile them. Can I do just a quick check in this room and for folks at home? Is everybody here human? I just, I just want to make sure everybody's human. Look around to your neighbor. Is there any robots here today in the sanctuary? Any robots? Okay. Any, any space creatures here or at home? Any? Okay. How about mermaids? Just doing a mermaid check. No uh, Daryl Hannah splash situation happening? We're all human? Okay. Good. Good. I am glad we are all human. We're human. <laughs> Sin and brokenness will exist in our hearts and in our world until we die and go to heaven. These things that come out of our hearts, lust, anger, pride, degrading others, jealousy, those are the things we need to ask forgiveness for and ask Jesus to change our hearts. Lastly, it's an eternal prayer. Jesus tells us to forgive others and to ask for protection from temptation and evil. And let me tell you guys, this last one is hard. It's really difficult. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This implies that forgiveness from God is tied in with our forgiveness of sins. Forgiving others. I want to tell you, this is not a transactional like, if I do this for God, then he's going to do this for me. It's not like that. It's a heart posture of relationship to God and to others. There was a situation in my life a couple years ago where I was so angry at someone. I thought about the things that she had done or had not done, and I would just fume and ruminate about them. I'd be playing on the playground with my kids, and my stomach would just be in knots because I kept thinking about conversations we'd had, 
and I'd replay fights in my mind, and then I'd come up with really clever retorts of what I'd say to her that would be real zingers to show her that she was wrong and I was right. I'd be doing dishes, and I'd imagine what I'd say to her the next time we saw each other so that I could help her to see you're wrong. Nelson Mandela said, hating someone is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Let me say that one more time. Hating someone is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Unforgiveness is like poison to our souls. When we don't forgive others, it hardens our hearts. It causes stress and anxiety and depression. It starts to affect our bodies, and we get headaches, and we can't sleep, and we feel knots in our stomach. We feel stuck spiritually. God created us as holistic, relational people. So when we harbor unforgiveness, it affects everything in our lives. But when we pray, the Holy Spirit supernaturally works in us to help us forgive and to start praying for people who've hurt us. He heals us. We can't, but God can. Jesus tells us to pray for protection from temptation and evil because this is a broken world. We're tempted to despair, to retaliate, to escape, to numb out, or to hurt others. We need Jesus to continually realign his heart, our hearts with his love and his priorities and power. That's why we spend time in scripture together. That's how God moves. I'm going to give you a few minutes to reflect on what part of this prayer God is inviting you to pray today. This isn't just something we rattle off because people have done it for years. This is a deeply personal and powerful way to pray that God's given us. On your chairs, each of you has a leaf. You can go ahead and pick that up. And if you don't have one, uh, we've got some extra ones. On it, you can write down your prayer. And we have two baskets up front that we'll invite you to come forward and put your prayer into after you've reflected. Later, our staff team is going to put those on the prayer wall as a reminder that we are a community who prays and supports one another in prayer. You can be as discreet as you want writing out your prayer requests. No one's going to read those. Um, but we want you to stop and think, how does God want to move in my life today? As a way to help you think about that, our prayer team's going to come up and, and play some music. Um, there's a couple statements from the Lord's Prayer, and I, I want you to think through those things. God, you are blank. Jesus, bring your kingdom power to. Holy Spirit, I need you to provide. Jesus, forgive me for, Lord, I forgive. Protect me from temptation from. Take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to pray today? And then when you're ready, you can go ahead and just come and put your leaf in the basket. Today, we're going to close by reciting the Lord's Prayer together. So if you would stand up. I hope today that the Lord has met you in a powerful way. He loves you. He's given you his power. So let's pray this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. If you want to pray afterwards, I'll invite our prayer servants to come up. You can pray with them. We are human and we need God to move. So if you need to cry, if you need to rejoice, if you want to choose to follow Jesus today, I invite you to spend some time praying. Go today in the love and power of Jesus. May he bless you and keep you this week. And go eat some delicious potluck. <laughs> Amen. Thank you.